Because if you don't know where you are financially in your business, how are you making decisions for that business, right? How do you know if you can afford that worker? How do you know if you can afford this new retail line? How do you know if you can afford this beautiful new retail, uh, new um, spa or salon space, right? How do you know this? Beautypreneurs are making decisions without running the numbers and seeing what's the best decision for their business. I'm just a hairstylist. How am I supposed to be a photographer, a social media manager, a receptionist, a marketing manager, and an entrepreneur as well? Welcome to the Secret Life of a Hairstylist podcast, where we shatter the term, I'm just a hairstylist, and help inspire you behind the chair. I'm Samantha, and I'm a hairstylist, educator, and salon owner, and I want to help inspire you with tips from how to manage your social media, to how to sell retail, to how to continue a positive mindset, making you more money as a stylist. Every week, I will share my own experiences over the last 10 years, plus bring in amazing experts from all over the hair industry to share their secrets on success. So what do you say? Are you ready to challenge yourself, get inspired, and build your dream business behind the chair? Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of The Secret Life of a Hairstylist where we crush the term, I am just a hairstylist. I am super excited to have this week's guest on, Kanisha Coleman. We are talking about all the fun things that we love as hairstylists. We're talking about budgeting. We're talking about accounting, how to bookkeep, all of that fun stuff we love so much. But the reality is it is the most important stuff that happens within our business because without being able to budget, we are not able to make a profitable income. So she's going to be sharing some of the do's and don'ts, some of the biggest mistakes that she sees hairstylists making, and just some hot tips on how to make bookkeeping more fun. So I'm super excited to have her on here. Um, And before we get started, just a heads up, there is a little bit of ruffling with my mic on my end, so I apologize for that in advance, but it doesn't happen too often in there, so please be patient with those little moments because uh, there's so much amazing information and wisdom within this episode. As well, if you hadn't heard in the last episode that my business partner, James, and I are creating a book, and we're super, super excited about this because it involves all of you. So if you're interested in being a part of this book, I urge you to head over to my uh, Instagram at secretlifeofa underscore hairstylist and click the link in my bio to add your book submission. So the synopsis around this is that we know exactly how important our industry and that we make people feel beautiful, we make them feel confident and seen, and we know and understand the importance and the power of our industry and doing somebody's hair. So we want to be able to share this with the world and we want to share the good, the bad, the ugly, the funny stories, the the heartwarming stories, all of that within this book to be able to share what happens behind the chair. So if you have a story of a connection that you can create, um, I urge you again, go to at secret life of a underscore hairstylist on Instagram, click the link in the bio and put your submission in now because we are going to have so much fun creating this. So without further ado, I am going to bring on Kanisha. So get out your notebook. If you're driving, listen to it again later um, and take some notes because she's giving us all the goods 
on accounting. So welcome to the podcast, Kanisha. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I love doing these things because first, it, it gives me a break from the spreadsheet, which I could appreciate. Um, and secondly, I just love to give back to the industry and to help however I can, especially when it comes to all things numbers, right? So I know it can give you all headaches, but I totally nerd out on it. So however I can help, I'm here to do just that. Amazing. It's funny, actually, I had uh, made a post the other day about creating systems within your salon. And if there are things that you can hire out, such as accounting or payroll, um, that to do it. And then there were a few people who had commented on it say like, yes, I have a bookkeeper. I don't do that. stuff <laughs> Because it is mm-hmm. something we're creative people. We don't necessarily and you know and that's not all of us my business partner is the analytical type he's somebody who does all the numbers for us and it is fantastic um but for the most of us we are creative people so for us to be that analytical way or in that analytical mind um is a struggle for us so i'm glad to have you on here so first off i would love to start off with um just how you a little bit about yourself and how you got into this niche Absolutely. So I have about 13 years. Oh, I dread saying that because <laughs> I'm getting old, but I have about 13 years in tax and accounting. Um, and I have it across all three sectors. So I, I've worked for the IRS as an agent. So I was the, the person coming with the briefcase to audit folks. Um, I worked in public accounting at a firm. And then I've also worked in corporate and now I'm on my own. So I have this very well-rounded perspective on tax and accounting, being that I've been on kind of both sides of the table and I've seen it from small business owners all the way up to multi-billion dollar multinational corporations. So um, when I went off on my own though, I will be very transparent. At first I was just, I was just, you know, take everybody, everybody with a post and (laughs) I would would do their taxes and accounting. Um, But I felt like, I really want to go deep in one industry and I wanted to be something that I organically appreciated. Right. So what was I doing a lot within my own life? What was I spending my own disposable income on? Right. So for me, that was the beauty industry. Um, I spent tons of time and money on hair, nail, skin, cosmetics, uh, all of that, all of that. Um, and I, and I appreciate what it does for me. You know, it's, it goes um, for myself, my peers, and I'm, I'm sure the general public, it goes deeper than vanity, right? It's not just because you want to look good, but it's about how you feel and how you act after that haircut, right? After that color, after that, you know, whatever it is that you're investing in, how you feel when you walk out the salon like a million bucks, no one can tell you nothing. Your confidence is sky high. You're just fearless, right? So. That's why I chose the beauty industry to niche in. And that's just where my just organic appreciation for the industry comes from. I love it. Yeah, I think that that I I think that there is such a need for it in our industry. And like I said, because we're creative people that and I guess really, too, especially in the States, that a lot of people are starting to go independent. um, And so they don't have necessarily the knowledge to be able to do the taxes and all that they they love the idea of going independent and being able to 
run their own business, but there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes. Um, and, and one of those things is accounting. It's doing your books. It's doing your paying your taxes, all that kind of fun stuff. So I think that there is such a, a big need for it. So thank you for uh, helping us out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's my pleasure, really, because beauty, I will say this, I've worked with a lot of different, um, a lot of different industries, both when I worked for an organization and out on my own. Beauty professionals are by far the most fun, mm-hmm. the most fun. And I think it's because you're creatives. And it's kind of like, there is no box. <laughs> there is no box. It's just like, it's a kind of like a free fall, you know? And so me being a numbers person, I can appreciate that. It's like a brother fresh year when we get together, you know? Mm-hmm. So thank you for letting me serve you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so kind of talking into a little bit of running uh, an independent suite, running a commission salon, a rental salon. Um, because that is a topic of conversation nowadays is people are wanting to go more independent. There is this conversation of, is it worth going independent? Is it worth it working in a commission salon? Um, or if you just want to open a business in general, is it more beneficial to run a solo suite or a commission-based salon? And as there are many different reasons, we will focus more on the money side of it, um, having you here. So are there any uh, tax incentives, budgeting tips, um, like profit yeah. margin uh, um, benefits that are different between running a solo suite versus running a commission-based salon? Well, I'll tell you this: when you are, um, there, there are some. There's a lot of qualitative and non-qualitative um, aspects of both, right? And, and before you consider like the money part, I want it to be driven by goals, right? Because you can choose something based off money and you'll ultimately still be unhappy, even if you're very successful financially in that. And I've seen it happen. I've seen beautypreneurs pick one thing or one product or one service for the money and they was great at it, but it didn't align with their goals at the end of the day. So they were not internally fulfilled, right? Um, but I will say from a tax and accounting perspective, there are actually a lot of advantages to both. So let's start with like the solo suite. When I think about the solo suite, um, or the person that maybe they have a full fledged salon and maybe people are in the salon renting chairs from them and then they still have their own chair. The great thing about this is that every, any money outlay so anytime you spend money on something for that business you can obviously write it off right that's different from like if you were working in a commission-based salon your salon owner is paying for all of the overhead you are using their supplies you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. um so really there's not a ton of write-offs you can get even though you're footing the bill for the taxes, right? Because likely you'll be getting a 1099 from the salon owner in a commission-based salon. And I think that's a disadvantage because you have to foot the bill for the taxes and you can't even write anything off. However, what you get in return is experience. What you get in return is experience of working in a salon 
seeing, you know, maybe uh, hopefully you work for a very nice salon or spa owner and they are um, allowing you to learn from them and you're taking that all in. And then once you decide to go up on your own, now you have this foundational knowledge of having worked in that atmosphere and now you can go apply it to your own business. But in those two or three years or however many years you do that, you will not have a lot of write-offs. That's just that's just the fact because the salon owner you're working for, it's her business. It's overhead and her supplies and shit. She's writing all that off. Now, there may be some different instances where, you know, you're providing most of that stuff, but I don't see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of that. Um, otherwise, it wouldn't be commission-based. But um, you get more write-offs when you go off on your own in your own salon suite by far. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you really can tax plan and do certain things to minimize your tax liability and save more money. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that that is um, a big one for people who are starting to open up their own salons or their own suites, that there are a lot of things you can write off. Um <laughs> For example, I'm writing off my next computer (laughs) because you can do that. Um, But that is a really good one. But also be aware you have to spend money to be able to write that off. So (laughs) there's also that aspect to it as well. Um, Do you have any budgeting tips for people who want to rent a suite? Um, I think this was actually a big question that I even had because I own a commission salon and I don't know a lot about suite ownership um, because it, it, there are different uh, profit margins, there's different budgeting, uh, uh, all these little things that are so different because it's one person versus a grand scheme of, of uh, employees. So what would be some of the best um, budgeting tips for, for renting a, uh, a suite? or sorry, owning a suite um, versus running a commission-based salon. Absolutely. So I approach these two types of business models. They're actually very similar, okay? So the average profit margin percentage for any salon spot, no matter commission-based or solo suite, 8 to 10%. 8 to 10% is the average net profit margin. Which is when people, when I say that, people are always like, really? Like, so, um, but typically it is because salons and spots have a ton of overhead. They have a ton of overhead. And from my experience, most salons and spots have pricing issues, right? They, um, the services, the menu of services are not priced appropriately to kind of commensurate with the net profit that the owner wants and the overhead that is required to provide that environment for their clients, okay? So keep that in mind. If you look at your bottom line and it's 18% and you're feeling down there upon yourself, don't. That is the industry average, okay? Um, secondly, what I would say is work your way up. When I'm working with my clients, we're working from, uh, we're working backwards. We're kind of re-engineering um, what that budget plan will look like. So I have my clients I want you to make your money go. What do you want to bring home at the at the end of the day? Like, how much money do you want to make at the end of the year? And they give me a certain number. 
And then if we know the industry average is like eight to 10 percent, I usually add a little more to that just to buffer it, you know. Um, so let's say we go up to 15 percent. We, we say, OK, if we take that profit and we work backwards and, you know, out of 15 percent, we have 85 percent left. Then let's allocate that to these different overhead expense categories. OK, so you look at some of the big ones. Right. Of course, you'll have whether you're leasing your space, you have utilities for the space, you have your job supplies, like the back bar, everything that, that's needed to provide the service. Um, maybe you have retail product inventory in your salon. I, I see yours in the back there. Um, so you kind of work backwards and we set a percentage of how much we want to spend on those categories coming out of our revenue. And then we just work our way up. Okay, and we say this is how much we need to make for the year. Now I'm very anal about the budget. We don't. You don't make a budget. A budget is a plan for your money. We don't make the plan and we don't look at it for the entire year. You got to look at it and monitor it and make sure you're on track. So we will take that yearly budget and we would divide it by month. If you really want to get crazy, we can go by week too, and we can say, okay, if we had a goal to make this much money. For the week let's look at our bookings are we going to make that go according to what's booked right now right and then if you don't have the bookings you know you gotta hit the pavement you gotta get online on social media you gotta call past clients to see if they need to come back in to get you know you know retreated or whatever you need to rebook more um more instantly you know things like that um but that's the way that I start the budget and that's how we monitor it to make sure we're on track to make that goal. Well, yeah, I think that that makes a ton of sense. Um, so for a salon, uh, or sorry, for a salon, for a commission-based salon, um, they see usually the average, you should not go over 50% for salaries, 50% um, of the overall, um, overall take home, it, it should not be more than 50%. What would you say that that is for somebody in a suite? What would you recommend the, because it's only you, so it's your salary. <laughs> so, yeah. or if you have an assistant as well, um, that comes into play. But what would you say would be the percentage of take home um, salary for somebody running a suite? So when somebody's running a suite, that's synonymous to that net profit number, right? Because whatever the net profit is, that's what they're available to take and do whatever they wish. For, for anyone, and see the industry averages that I just quoted, those are based on what has historically been done by the industry. Just to kind of see where you fall in line to evaluate and assess yourself. It is by no means saying that's what you should be doing. And so I don't even put a percentage on that. I'm not going to tell a beautypreneur, hey, you should this is what you should or should not be taking home. It's just like, what do you want? Okay, well, that's what we're going to get you then. And that, you know, that's it. It can be as high or as low as you want. And again, it's depending on the goals. Some of the beautypreneurs that I have now that are just starting out, they're willing to sacrifice some net profit because they know they're still building their foundation. They know that they're, they're, they know that they're still building um, kind of like their client base. They know they're just getting used to Maybe a, maybe an overly priced salon, but it's in a great location. It's going to give them great traffic. Maybe they've invested in a coach, 
right, to help them um, build their business acumen in the industry and attain the client goals that they have for themselves. So they're willing to sacrifice some net profit because they know they have these one-time expenses versus a veteran entrepreneur that's like, you know, been there, done that, just want as much money as I could possibly get. So let's go as high as we can. And so that's what we do. And we manage the expenses to keep them as low as possible. And we kind of, you know, we look at the pricing very carefully to make sure that pricing is going to bring in that money goal that beauty printer has. So again, it all depends. I wouldn't necessarily stick with, you know, the status quo. So why would you want it's your business? Yeah, that makes sense though too. And I was just thinking as you were saying that, because talking about your budget and figuring out what's going to be allocated to what, and now I mean, it, after everything that's happened in the last couple of years, a lot of things have changed online. So for instance, you know, you might have to take home less if you have um, a, a larger amount of products on your retail shelves versus you could take more if you uh, take more home if you are having an affiliate link through a program where you're not having any products on your back bar. So that cuts out that cost. So there's like all those little things I'm just thinking about now that make so much sense for having that, having that budget set to certain little things uh, or, or to, to every specific thing. And then um, you can take more or less depending on, on where that budget is. So that's, yeah, that's absolutely. And then and remember like the budget is fluid, right? Let's say you make your budget. So like right now we're going to be talking about doing the budget for 2022. And let's say we do this budget and we go through the first quarter of 2022. And if you look at the budget and, and evaluate how what's going, if things are not going as you expected, totally rearrange the budget. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, this, if, if you allocate a certain amount of money towards marketing, but you're not seeing that you're having a positive return on that investment, maybe you should not invest that much money in marketing because at this point it's not bringing back any revenue to the business, you know? Uh, or maybe you thought that you would make more money in retail product um, in Q1 of 2022, but in actuality, it's not happening like that, which is normal because typically after Christmas, people aren't spending money like that come New Year. Maybe you want to change the budget and not expect so much money to come from retail. So the budget is fluid. You can change it and rearrange it based on what's actually happening in the business, but still make your goal by making it, you know, relevant to actuality. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That makes total sense. So let's get down to some of the nitty gritty. So what are some of the top money making mistakes that you see beauty professionals making and how they should um, change that or fix or do things differently <laughs> for sure so okay so i am going to like you can stop me if i go on a tangent with this because, <laughs> oh, okay uh, i think from the root talked about this but the first one is not bookkeeping in the first place right so they have bagaro acuity style c gloss genius you know what name you right they have these systems those systems do keep track of the revenue because more than likely that's how the client is booking 
and paying or whatnot. Um, however, do not confuse your scheduling system with the bookkeeping system. It is not, right? It, it has bookkeeping abilities. It has some features and functions, but it is not a bookkeeping system. And so what I want beauty entrepreneurs to do is to actually get, use a bookkeeping system, you know, a system that will track not only the revenue, but also the expenses from all of your accounts. And then it will produce a financial statement package. And remember, there's three financial statements in a package. It's the income statement, the balance sheet, and the cash flow statements. All three make up the package. And so if Gloss Genius isn't doing that, <laughs> you need something else in addition to Gloss Genius. And this is no dig on Gloss Genius. I like Gloss Genius. But it, it's not a bookkeeping system. Um, one of the second thing is they're commingling funds, right? They don't have separate bank accounts for business and personal. Everything is all jumbled up. And so even if you had bookkeeping, if you got personal stuff flowing through there, number one, that's a, a tax red flag. Like I don't care where you live, but the taxing authority, wherever you live, do not want to see that you have personal stuff flowing through the business account because you cannot write off personal things. Okay. Um, that's one. And then two, how can you truly know how your business is performing without accurate financial data? Right. And so those two things are the, the biggest, biggest, biggest mistakes. Because if you don't know where you are financially in your business, how are you making decisions for that business? Right. How do you know if you can afford that worker? How do you know if you're going to afford this new retail line? How do you know if you're going to afford this beautiful new retail, uh, new um, spa or salon space? Right? How do you know this? Beautypreneurs are making decisions without running the numbers and seeing what's the best decision for their business. And that is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> and so to kind of circumvent that, just start doing it. Just start bookkeeping. People, some, I think some people have in their minds that bookkeeping is like quantum physics or something. <laughs> but it definitely is not. And there are systems out there that make it so easy for you. And if you are the type of person that's like, no, I'm not having it. I'm not doing it. That's what like I'm here for. That's Just outsource it. And before you say you can't afford it, I want to say you can't afford not to do this because the longer you go without bookkeeping, the worse the situation can get and it will cost so much more to clean up later, you know? So, um, yeah, I would say start bookkeeping. I'm not opposed to people DIYing it. You know, you got to do what works for you. Um, but if you can't get it that way, you got to look and you got to call me, go to my website and book a call. We can talk about it um, to see what, you know, how we can help. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So what are some ways? Um, and I love that you say if you if you cannot do bookkeeping yourself to hire a bookkeeper to do it. And no matter what, at the end of the year, you always need like your end of year accountant, no matter what, even if you do um, the bookkeeping yourself. So no matter what, call Tanisha, you need a, you need a, you need an accountant. Um, but what are some hot tips that you have 
for being able to bookkeep or even just like make it easier if you do have an accountant doing your bookkeeping, making it easier for them as well to, to do that for you. Because I know it's not just like throwing all the receipts wherever you want. So what are some hot tips for either making bookkeeping easier or making it easier for your bookkeeper to make it easier? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my God. This is this is an awesome question. No one's ever asked me this question before. So I'm <laughs> even my own clients have asked me this question before. You know so. what? And I, I asked this question only because the first one I ever worked at, I remember um, I was an apprentice and I knew nothing at that time. But I remember watching one of the stylists sit down and I love her and I don't want her to think that I think she's crazy. But I remember seeing the accountant sitting there with just this like rifled bag of receipts trying to go through everything. So that's why I think of this question. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So I would say, number one, just be as organized as you can be, right? So we're not... No CPA, bookkeeper, account, whatever is, is looking for perfection, right? But we do expect you as a business owner to come to the table with um, at least a small amount of just knowing your own information, right? So if I say, you know, um, Samantha, what, how is your business organized? Do you have an LLC or I would like you to know that, right? Because sometimes I know specifically for the IRS, because I work there, there is no way for the IRS to check to see what type of like tax elections you have. So if you forget or lose your paperwork, you just gotta start all over. And so we would like you to, we would like for you to at least come to the table knowing your own business information. What type of entity are you? Do you have any tax elections? Are you registered for sales tax? Are you are you current on everything? And be honest with us. Because if you lie and say, oh, I, I filed everything, and truth be told that you didn't, and we found out later, sometimes because we found out too late, we can't do anything about it now. Versus had we known earlier, we could have done something about it. So we need to know even information you may be a little embarrassed about. We still got to know because if we can fix it, the quicker, the better. Okay. When it comes to paperwork, we do not like the box of receipts. Now, we don't have anything against receipts per se. We just want them to be like organized somehow. Here are all the receipts for when I um, had coffee with clients. Here are all the receipts for when I paid rent. Here are all the receipts for when I purchased back for. Here are all the receipts for when I paid my workers. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's kind of like, here are all the receipts for utilities. And so it's like, fresher breath there. Because when we're looking at the receipt, it's not, not always clear what we don't know what it could relate to it could relate to anything so um and again this does not have to be perfect i don't want you guys to think i'm we're looking for perfection because we're not we're just looking for just the basic minimum know your own information tell us the truth when it comes to taxes okay and then third if you have paper records organize them in some way whether that's separate folders or separate envelopes 
and label them what they <laughs> what they pertain to. So we're not like Googling vendors, like, hmm, what is this? <laughs> what do they sell? <laughs> so that definitely helps. I love it. Um, I would like to share one that has helped me even with my own personal taxes. And this could really, really help uh, business owners as well. And I'm lucky enough that I have a, a, a partner that does all this stuff for me. I would be totally lost. But um, there's apps for receipts. You can screenshot or take a picture of that receipt and still keep the original receipt, please. But there are apps that you can take a picture and put it into a folder as well. So that keeps things super organized and everybody loves their apps. So um, that's, that's a really, really helpful one. Um, another thing that I wanted to add was for bookkeeping, if you are doing it yourself and you feel comfortable to do that on your own, um, I, we work with a system called Ovatu, and I believe that most systems probably will do this. I, um, I know, I think Gloss Genius does this as well. Um, but we use QuickBooks for our bookkeeping and it links directly to, um, our, our, uh, like Ovatu links directly to QuickBooks. So it will automatically update everything, um, in real time. So that's just something, or I think, oh, sorry, is it Avatu or we have a square, the square reader. I think that's what actually um, uploads. See, I'm not this person, but <laughs> does this. Nope, but right. I think it's the square will uh, upload everything to, uh, to, uh, to our QuickBooks. So you don't even have to upload a lot of things like that. That cut a lot of time out of James's time to do our bookkeeping. Um, so just having that, and then you can put all the other receipts in as well, um, and through our bank account and everything it links up. So super mm -hmm. easy, uh, hot tips for, for making I, I agree. We use QuickBooks online exclusively with our, within our firm. If, and I'm not an affiliate, I don't get paid to say this, but if you're going to DIY it, check out QuickBooks online first. Um, once you get everything connected, it literally will do 80% of the work for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that cuts out so much time. So it'll make your, your end accountant very happy. <laughs> very happy. Oh my God. When a beautypreneur comes to me and I say, okay, you know, give me your records. And they hand me one sheet of paper with a profit and loss statement. I'm just like crying with joy. Joy, joy, this is beautiful. Versus the beauty that comes to me with several boxes, several, several things. And I'm like, I don't have much hair as it is, but I want to pull out my hair. <laughs> <laughs> it makes a big difference. And, and I mean, not only on you as an accountant, but it makes it easier on us not having to you know, you coming back to us and saying, Oh, I need this. I need that. I need that. I'm like, I don't have time for this. Right. So it makes it so much easier on everybody for you to just have your ducks in a row and be organized. Yes. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I saw one of your posts, um, you had put on Instagram a while back about three steps to becoming a numbers person. Um, and as we said at the beginning, us hairstylists are very creative people. Uh, so we're not used to all the numbers and, and whatnot. 
Um, but what are some words of wisdom you have for making just numbers more exciting and yeah. keeping us a little bit more excited? Um, but, or sorry, keeping us a little bit more organized, but just making like numbers more exciting to a creative hairstylist. Yeah, absolutely. I say, I say this, I say just keep, and I'm stealing this. I didn't make this up, but keep the end in mind, right? So we do bookkeeping not for the sake of bookkeeping. Like, I don't wake up like, oh, I cannot wait to bookkeep. Because <laughs> it can be tedious. It can be boring. I do not disagree with any of that. However, after I do bookkeeping and I get to the end result and I see how much a beautypreneur is able to take home for themselves, their family, reinvest back into their business, they can go on their vacation, they actually don't have to be behind the chair for 15 hours. They, they actually can go down to eight hours like a normal person because they're making that much money. And all of that information was discoverable through looking and analyzing the numbers. And so I would say just keep it in your mind. Um, if you want to know exactly where you are so that you can make um, the best decisions for your business, you can't do it without looking at the numbers. Think of think of numbers in terms of like your money. Money is always sexy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't work free. I will. I used to, but I don't anymore. <laughs> I have to pay bills. I have a mortgage, right? Think of it in terms of money. Money is always sexy, just because of all of what it can do for you and your lifestyle. And so, instead of thinking of it like looking at your numbers, think of it as like you're looking at your money. Where am I with my money and how, you know, how am I going to use that to build the life that I want to live? So I think, yeah, keep the end in mind, change your mindset around numbers, think of it as money. And then if you're DIYing it, I say my biggest advice, and I do this for myself too, make the activity enjoyable, right? Get your favorite Starbucks drink or your tea, or if it's in the evening, get you a little, little, little wine. Not a lot of wines. We don't want to mess with the numbers. With a little wine. Um, put on your favorite, your favorite song, your favorite album. You know, light a candle, make it smell great in the room, and just sit down an hour, maybe ninety minutes at the most, and just knock it out. That way you're doing this thing that you likely don't want to be doing, but at least you've created it, uh, a comforting environment in which you're doing it. You know, I do the same thing when I'm doing my bookkeeping for my clients. I got my drink here. Mm-hmm. I have an album on. I hear the new Adele is pretty nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I light a candle. Everyone knows it's like pumpkin spice season. Um, I do not drink wine, clients, so don't think I'm doing that. Um, but I make it enjoyable so that I'm just getting through it, you know? And before you know it, it's done. That does sound more exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That's so true. I think it's just, it's, it's finding that thing that makes it more exciting for you or makes it fun and doesn't make it, like, no matter what, it's work, but not making it work not making it work but making more about your career and your future and thinking about 
the things that you can do once you you have that in place. And um, even as a, a commission salon owner, um, my well, my numbers are still just as important as anybody else's mm-hmm. in the salon. And and for instance, we're doing a retail contest with our staff right now. And as much as James and I are not a part of it, I'm still we're still a part of it. We're just not going to win anything. So it's like, right. I want to beat them, you know, and it's just like, yeah. I'll just have fun with it. Um, and, and, and just continue to, um, track your, your days, um, as you go and, and just, yeah, just be more aware of it. Yeah. I think that that's so Absolutely. If everybody has that crazy friend, that's a numbers person, have them sit next to you before you know it, they're doing it for you. Yeah, you're just sitting there. So, um, yeah, just make it just as enjoyable as you possibly can. It'll breeze by. And then it's like the more you do it, the easier it will get, the quicker you will get because you're like, oh, I've done this. It's the same thing every month, you know? So, yeah, you've created that system and now you just keep doing doing Mm -hmm. that. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here to talk about this because these are, again, important things that we need to know. Um, But we like to end every episode off with a secret as this is the secret life of a hairstylist. Um, And you are part of the crew. So (laughs) I would love to know or I would love for you to share a secret. It could be a funny story. It could be something no one knows about you or it could just be a trade secret. Um, that nobody knows yet. Oh, absolutely. So just, this is a personal secret of mine. And this is, I don't even think I've ever even told anybody this. But my husband, and when I say it, he laughs every time. But I promise you guys, in another life, I think I'm going to be a multi-platinum selling rapper. Yes! (laughs) I think I am, because like when I'm alone, like I would just be like throwing bars out there. They they don't make sense. They're not even good. But I feel good when I say it though. Like I'm just I'm just saying stuff and I'm in my zone and I get hyped up and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to do taxes and bookkeeping now. Cause it really does get me hyped up. I would never say this um on video. I would never rap on video. I would never do this in public. But I do believe like either in a past life or my next one gonna be a rapper that's incredible i think you should start tiktok videos even though you're saying i should i was i was thinking like i should do tiktok raps about accounting and tax but i was like oh it sounds so corny saying it out loud like people would just laugh at me i think that would sell so well i think i i would listen to it all the time i would i'm gonna do it i would, when i do it when i get the courage to do something like that i want to make sure you're the first one that knows absolutely <laughs> oh that's so funny i love it thank you so much for coming on here and joining me and um we will continue to learn more from you so where can people before i even forget where can people find you and is there anything exciting coming up um, that you will be sharing in the next coming year. Yo, absolutely. So my website is thebeautycpa.com. You can go on there, you can book a call, and you can get my latest free, freebie. It's the business, Beauty Business Roadmap. Um, it's 
a, a big checklist. It's a checklist of 23 tax and accounting things you should be doing in your business. Um, so it's jam-packed full of value and resources that you can use to get started, to get organized in your business. And then, you know, Black Friday is in like a month. I haven't told anybody this yet. However, I know I'm leaning more towards DIY QuickBooks class. So for all those beautypreneurs that are not ready to outsource yet, I still need you to be organized. So I'm going to put on a class to set up your QuickBooks and how to, you know, foundational training on how to do everything to at least be organized and start your bookkeeping. So that'll be obviously announced on the website. So just go to the website, sign up for my email list. You'll get early alerts for that. And then get your checklist to start getting organized. Amazing. Awesome. I think that everybody should 100% sign up for that because, again, this is so important for your business, for your life, for your future. So, um, again, thank you for coming on and uh, we will hear more from you soon. Thank, thank you so much. It was a blast. It was so much fun. And maybe I'll put out that. That album, maybe I'll do that. Maybe that's what's next for me. <laughs> that's what's next for 2022. 2022. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>